Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. I am your first co-host, Sarah Musek. And I'm your second co-host, Carissa Bertels. And I'm your third co-host, Marcus Bishop-Wright. Yeah! Welcome back to the show, Carissa and Marcus. So glad you're able to make it. And oh man, are we neck deep in season four where we, oh man, things are, it's not, let me put it this way. I feel like these episodes are not as complex as perhaps the Phoenix Saga or Dark Phoenix Saga showed us that X-Men the Animated Series could be. Sure, I can understand with those kinds of storylines where you might need uh, some palate cleansers, mm. if you will, uh, some one shot so that not everything is a uh, serial. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we can decide whether or not those choices are well informed <laughs> or not. <laughs> and whether they succeeded. Right. Agreed. Well, I feel like, you know, and with, Here's the thing. This was here. I'm just. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think this was a great episode. And <laughs> Marcus is just shaking his head and mouthing no. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good episode. And it was the first time I sort of liked Cyclops. And we'll get into some of that because there were a few moments where I was like, "This is what Cyclops is built for." Like a lot of times, he's on X Men the Animated Series, and he's just the resident yeller. Like he just yells. He has no emotional intelligence. And but like for this episode and this villain, it's like, oh, you're like, you're in your your sweet spot of being in your own high noon, and you can like yell and be as righteous as you want. But we'll get into it. It doesn't mean like I want to party with Cyclops, just that like, <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. The last time Cyclops got a one shot was the one when he went back to the orphanage and had sort of a uh, ambiguous, like non-romance with his former orphanage classmate who is now running it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like this was, this all was a little more above board. So that's yeah. Yeah, but good, good, good. Uh, high noon reference. I was absolutely thinking uh, of that movie when I watched this, and uh, how it. Um, well, I think High Noon might have been uh, a slightly uh, better uh, plot line. Plot and or title secret. This comma. well, this episode is kind <laughs> of like a thirty-minute long plot hole. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Or as as Tiny Toons used to say, a plot hole big enough to drive a Mack truck through. So here, yeah, let's let's kick it off. Let's get into this out of the theory into the practice. What actually happened? So there's no previously on X-Men because there isn't one that's necessary. There hasn't been one that's necessary since uh, the X-Men kind of like saved Magneto from Fabian Cortez earlier this season. Uh, We've just been one shooting it all over the place. Do is that, can I say that? I'm not sure that that's right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, here we are. We begin with an elegant wind gust uh, in the American Southwest. There is a scorpion in the foreground. 
Cyclops is in a mini jet telling he's like leaving the professor a voicemail or like some sort of voice recording saying he hasn't been able to contact Taylor Prescott in over two weeks. His last conversation worried him and he's heading to Skull Mesa. And my first thought is number one, who is Taylor Prescott? Because I've never heard of this guy. And second of all, and you what? never will again. I don't, that's correct. Never, not even once. <laughs> and also, what could possibly go wrong at Skull Mesa? <laughs> I also love the name Taylor Prescott because that's right out of like one of those 80s college movies where the oh. bad guy is one of the well-to-do um, fraternity members. Yeah, plus I love a name that you can flip-flop either way. Taylor Prescott, Prescott Taylor. Works great both ways. Mm -hmm. the, I had that problem with Channing Tatum for a while. I was like, <laughs> it's the, those are the two names in yeah. some order. And yep. uh, that's that's that guy. <laughs> Who's that guy with two last names again? Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so then... So it's a little like, all right, that's fine, Southwest Adventure. But then things do start to get weird because Cyclops reaches into his jacket and pulls out a weird sparkly figurine set of Dr. Prescott and two kids. What the heck is that? I don't know. But like, is that before or after the Prescott, Prescott, Prescott? <laughs> like, oh, here we go. Here, something's going to happen back. now. <laughs> Yep, into a it definitely it definitely seemed like a interesting choice of a oh someone went to things remembered and got some, some weird <laughs> like, crystal maybe statue it'll, maybe it'll speak to us like in their voices or something you know if you press their hands I just I, I just mean that's say, only going to go on his desk right I mean you just got him a paperweight it's it's basically a three dimensional photograph right that somebody made out of their biological material hope you like it. <laughs> also i haven't thought about things remembered in a very long time i feel like that was like growing up uh that was that was a place at the mall that was visited at least once a year someone had an occasion <laughs> yeah right so what you knew you didn't know what to get for them and went to that store you went to that store and put your name and or date and or best wishes on a thing I remember, like, uh, actually, one of my, my best friend growing up, I think her mom was classy beyond what a kid needed. And uh, they got me, when I was young, like elementary school, like a little silver engraved uh, bookmark with, like, a silver rabbit on top. It is still in its case. It has never been a bookmark. Because even as a kid, huh. I'm, like, too nice. Too yeah, nice like, this, is yeah. the, this is the fine china of bookmarks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I should get that out. I should. I've got some tarnish remover. I could. I could make that happen. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, back in this flashback, we meet Doctor Prescott for the first time. Uh, it's weird because he is in the mansion in the what appears to be the early days of the X Men because Cyclops is wearing his early days uniform with the full like bullet head look and uh, blue and yellow all over. Dr. Prescott says, I'm confident one day humans and mutants will live in harmony. So he and Professor Xavier are set up as some sort of allies. And he's got his arms around two kids, just like the kids in the miniature figurine. Um, one turns a plant into energy and one grows rock crystals all over the floor. And Cyclops just stops it with his blasts. I guess they're they're playing. 
everybody's yeah, like nodding very... and shrugging like i, I, I guess I mean, I just, yeah i guess i just took it as like that child couldn't control whatever their power is and for some reason cyclops could shut it down so it didn't ruin the whole thing <laughs> like like putting out a small fire you know just like mm, yeah exactly exactly uh it almost feels like it was just written into the script like young mutants who demonstrate their powers <laughs> And then the it was up to the animators to be like, uh, all right, <laughs> guess I guess this. we'll make some shiny things. Like, um, yeah, I guess they were like, we're not even naming these characters, so we don't have to have a clear idea of what mm. their abilities are. No, they yeah. won't come back. Also, I'd just like to point out that Cyclops has used his blasts to stop actual fires, as well as to stop these powers. So I feel like both in terms of powers and personality, Cyclops shuts it down. Like, if you're yeah. having fun, Cyclops doesn't want it That's to happen. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Then, okay, so we're actually embedded. We've got two flashbacks embedded. So this is the really old one. And then we got a, a second one that is apparently right before Cyclops travels to find Dr. Prescott at Skull Mesa. Um, so he, apparently his former students made the weird figurine. We we kind of got that because the one made the rocks. And I just wrote, okay, and Cyclops is delivering it? like Yes, okay. carrying it in his hand for the entire flight. It's not in a box, mm-hmm. not in a bag. Mm-hmm. It's just clearly, yep, it's precious cargo. Indeed. And we get some He like doesn't have anything better to do this week, so. <laughs> I guess like, I'll go sure. do this. And I'll drop this off. It, do you think this is how, like, Professor X is, like, take a vacation? He's like, no. And he's like, well, what if you, could you deliver this figurine to Dr. Prescott? Yeah, and he's like, like, he's like, you might get ice cream. And he was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> I just don't trust UPS. You know their anti-mutant policies, right? Mm. For reals. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so we get uh, the, this weird line, you know Dr. Prescott. He never wants to accept recognition for the work he did for establishing a community community where humans and mutants could live in peace. Uh, so big time exposition. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I love in the exposition a throwaway line. Oh, you know that guy who apparently has made your dream a reality. <laughs> that we don't talk about ever. That we don't talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, hmm. that one. That guy. Oh, that guy. That guy. So Cyclops is still in the jet, passes some sort of rock formation, and some sort of machine emerges out of it. And inside is what I've referred to as a Mr. T-like dog man. Yeah, I was like, who's the dog with the beard? <laughs> um, he definitely looks like um, kind of like the uh, spokesperson for some kind of like bear themed gay bar. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, so basically he is a bulldog who's also a person. He is a man with a face that is a bulldog face, but the rest of him appears to be a man, and he's wearing a giant chain and a metal helmet. I think to your point, Marcus, I think this might have been a a vague teleplay, and like it's just like (laughs) mutants. You know, mm-hmm. you know, mutant, uh, uh, like guard dog question mark. Right. So, like, anyway, that's what he's doing. So apparently, he's a telepath. He reports that Scott has images of Doctor Prescott in his mind to a as yet unseen, and therefore we know villainous <laughs> superior. 
the recipient of the message tells Dog Guy to shoot Cyclops down, and Dog Man has a rocket chair. I just like to point that out because. What? Yeah, why not? He uses his helmet to shoot energy blasts at the mini jet. Uh oh, Cyclops goes down. He crashes among the cactus and does an emergency uh, eject. Then he crashes with the parachute and he loses his glasses, which has no consequences whatsoever. None. Zero, just zero. Also, like a little late on that eject button. I'm like, you're on the ground, man. <laughs> you're on the ground. Fair. Bear. Uh, so then we finally cut to the guy who ordered Cyclops to be shot down. He, he, we already see he's evil. He's got the dark circles around the eyes, just like Morph did when he was evil. He has these sunken eyes, this long red hair, a hippie headband, and a jewel in it. And this, it's it's very glam rock. It's very, a very glam rock look on this guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, bad bad glam rock for sure. I don't think his band worked out. I think that's part of what he's working out here. Oh no, he wishes he was Bowie. He mm-hmm. wishes. So many of us do, really. <laughs> So uh, we get we continue to get some animal specificity. A little desert lizard approaches. I love, it. I, I love that little lizard, and it like comes and checks on Cyclops when he's on the ground. I was like, mm-hmm. so cute. That might have been my favorite part of the whole episode. Which yikes! And I was gonna say <laughs> the unspoken line: "You okay, buddy? You okay? You okay there, man? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Bye." <laughs> Anyway, Cyclops looks up. We can see his eyeballs. His powers aren't working. And then, you know, Cyclops, one of the things we've learned is he's not smart. That's not one of, that's not a prerequisite for being a leader. And he just says, that weird glow. Somebody tried to take me out. Okay. Great job, detective. Great job, yeah. Um, and then he finds out the phone, the cord, the corded phone in the mini jet isn't working. And as I said, the loss of his sunglasses is not a problem because you know what else he had in his vest? In addition to that weird figurine, spare glasses. So he just puts them on and starts <laughs> walking. Always got to have a spare. Always got to have a spare. Well, and I've also wondered because pre there was a, a previous episode where Cyclops lost his uh glasses in battle and then he he just felt on the ground found them and put them back on and it's like you know there's like a whole offer there of like cyclops not being able to find his glasses no okay no problem just love that all of a sudden every now and then cyclops turns into velma from scooby-doo mm-hmm. jinkies bit. i lost my glasses and then just helpless <laughs> for a little while until we find them such an angry jinkies though really <laughs> fury <laughs> anyway here comes a jeep it almost leaves cyclops in the dust but it he daryl tanaka finally stops daryl tanaka is someone else we will also never see again after this episode and uh we get this limited exchange you got business in skull mesa i do now <laughs> so you did before, man, also. But. Yeah, that's that's why you were coming. That was your final destination. That was. Uh, so they, they pass a sign that says Skull Mesa in case we just need to drive home. Hey, everybody, we're in Skull Mesa now. People close their windows and block up their doors just like an old-timey Western. 
sidebar high noon is such a great movie <laughs> and um really is. i saw it for the first time you know a couple years ago and i think i was stunned by how good it was i don't know if you guys ever feel that way about like classic movies like it can't be that good and then you watch casablanca <laughs> and you're like that was outstanding <laughs> <laughs> oh that's why people like it all right <laughs> yeah. i have oh I high noon's great yeah this uh this on the other hand um yeah, well, let's just continue on to the fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Something else entirely. Um, keeping on the quick sidebar, though, I remember the one that I thought would, the one movie that I thought could not live up to people's hype was Patton starring George C. Scott. And uh, a lot of the dudes I knew in high school were like, Patton, George C. Scott is God. And I'm just like, I okay. And I was like in a period of like trying to watch all the um, best picture winners because you know you're in high school and even if you have a job it's not like a jobby job you got time for that uh so i watched it and it was just like my it was just like oh i get it george c scott makes everyone else look like they're acting and he's just being patent so anyway go watch those classics kids this episode isn't one of them So, uh, yeah, so uh, Daryl Tanaka, Dr. Daryl Tanaka says that most folks in Skull Mesa don't like strangers. Cyclops tells him he's used to that. And, and then we get a flashback to show us how used to that Cyclops is. We see baby boy Cyclops playing baseball. And unfortunately, his powers manifest and he blasts the ball into absolute nothingness. And I, okay. Do you have a questions? I have questions at this point, Marcus, but you look like you were going to say something. Go for it. Go for it. I want you to go first. We've seen Cyclops' powers manifest in flashback multiple times at this orphanage, which means everyone knows this is a possibility and nobody is helping him. And because I feel like in the comics, what was shown was that he blasted somebody, did a lot of damage or not, didn't blast somebody, but he, his eyes, his powers manifested and they bandaged his eyes up. Like they were like, nope, no more of that. You stop that. But I feel like what we're shown in the animated series is it's like, oh, maybe that was the last time. And then it's not. Yeah, uh, also, um, when you are in a group of 12, 13-year-olds and someone unexpectedly shoots some kind of lasers out of their eyes, I don't think the first reaction is going to be, you ruined our ball. Yeah, Yeah, What a jerk you are. Let's go take him on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's just not what I would expect. That's certainly not what my reaction would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be impressed and intimidated yeah. um, and be, you know, uh, be inclined to make friends with this guy so that uh, he does not hurt me. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if I'm fully transparent, I would run away and hide and then look out from behind what I was hiding behind to be like, what's going on? And then, yeah, once I knew that he was OK and that like then we could be friends. But yeah, I just, I wouldn't want to be that ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, bully's going to bully. Right? Mm, and okay. that's what they yeah. did. That's what just, they did. Can't, can't help it. Yeah. Kind of um, the whole, you know, Cyclops, like, do are we covering his eyes? Are we not? Is this a thing he's in control of or not? It, it reminds me of like Frozen, the musical where, where you're like, well, but just like have her wear gloves. It's fine. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, you're like, is this a problem? I I don't know. 
this like rogan the inhibitor collar as well like inhibitor collars have been around for a long time and then like they finally made the excuse where it was like oh it hurts like it hurts for her to wear but then it was like no she's gonna get married to gambit and uh she's gonna wear it so they can bang sometimes and that's that's fine that's fine so she's into into the pain (laughs) yeah I, i guess i you know everyone to their kinks and best of luck to you rogan gambit uh Anyway, so here comes Dr. Taylor Prescott in this flashback. Um, Cyclops runs into him. He's just straightening his tie, as you do. And apparently Dr. Prescott ran the orphanage, question mark, which was never discussed before. And uh, he says, come with me and have some ice cream. Just like most doctors (laughs) who have seen a youngster. Shoot laser beams out of their eyes and almost get beat up for it. Hey man, ice cream. You know what's going to make this better? A big bowl of strawberry ice cream. Uh, yeah, I mean, better better than Sentinels, I guess. <laughs> Somewhere on in the spectrum of responses, at least first do no harm. I know, I feel like as I'm like recounting this, everybody's just kind of like shrugging and like, yeah, I guess that's what happened. <laughs> It's a lot of that this episode, you know, and the only, the last thing I'll say on the subject is, uh, gobbles. Hmm. Seems like that would be an easy solution to a problem, Cyclops. Hmm. Gobbles instead of glasses that can easily fall off your face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, but goggles are so dorky, professor. I don't know what voice that was. Uh, so anyway, Cyclops goes with Dr. Daryl Tanaka back to his house. Uh, and then things get dark for a moment because Cyclops asks if he's the doctor and Daryl Tanaka says, doctor and coroner. And that just made me go, whoa, like that's, that's darker than we usually go. He gives Cyclops some tea. Did anyone think that tea might have had something in it? I did. It didn't. Mm-hmm. But I was suspicious of Dr. Daryl Tanaka because even when you walked in there, when they showed him uh, walking into the house, you saw that big like optometrist's chair. And it was like, why? Why is that there? Yeah, um, this is an interesting uh, doctor's office. For me, it was much more about like, uh, I'm the doctor and also the coroner. So there's no other infrastructure here in this town. I mean, cause that's, yeah. Seems, seems, nope, nope. That's, uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're a small backwards town anyway, right? Cause they're like, we don't like strangers. So they got to keep it all in house, you know? Yeah. Like if you count the horses, there's only one. That's, that's, that's I mean, this is a sundown town. Yeah. Mm. Mm. (laughs) speaking of sundown rest in peace gordon lightfoot okay uh so (laughs) dr daryl tanaka says now what else do you have to do here and then he like picks up his keys and waves them in the window as some sort of signal and cyclops says i've got a better question what's going on here which is primo cyclops Cyclops, yeah. yeah, Cyclops picks up the phone. Daryl Tanaka doesn't like it. He's all like, who are you calling? And then we get yelling. Someone out there tried to make me a permanent part of your living desert. I didn't understand that statement. Um, and why is everyone around here acting like scared prairie dogs? Uh, and that didn't Yeah, work. Scott's not really aware of how he's coming <laughs> off. 
Which is like, I mean, I understand you got shot out of the sky. Right. But the guy who just gave you a lift, you're acting like a real dick to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he shot you down. Yeah, or or like he like owed him a ride. Like he, like he was so mad when he like came back for him. He's like, how dare you, basically. I think Cyclops also is the thing where he doesn't realize how loud he gets. I remember when I did, I don't know if you guys, you know, if you've traveled overseas, but I remember studying in the UK for a year and coming back and like having coffee with my American friends and being like, why are you yelling? Why is it all so loud? And I think Cyclops is that guy. Oh, constant outdoor voice on this guy. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like very self-important. It's not like he's not aware of it. He thinks he's he thinks he's the shit. Yeah, that's people a- need to hear what he has to say. Do you think that's one of like Cyclops' pillars of leadership volume? <laughs> Pretty much. God. Cyclops says he's looking for Dr. Prescott. Daryl Tanaka is like sweating bullets. Uh, and is like, oh, I didn't realize he still lived here. So Cyclops like does like a big shoulder walk and is like, I'll take a look around here myself. Uh, I would just like to point out that also, you know, he did pick up a phone, hmm. which would be another way to contact the X-Men. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't reach out to them after your plane's been shot down. Right. Um, also, it's the X-Men's plane, which means they probably know that it's been shot down. <laughs> so he shouldn't even have to ask them to come. Right. But, but what do I know? Right. Everybody's on vacation, right? I mean... He's here to deliver that figurine and get some ice cream. So maybe everybody else is off duty too, you know? Is everybody else taking some like shitty, like year late wedding gift to another guest in another state? Like I have a new idea for what the entire second half of season four is. Do you think that it's like a reverse surprise party? Like where like we all get together and like get one person to leave? Oh my God! Maybe. Hey, everybody, let's have a get together and uh, make sure Cyclops is out of town. Yep, I think that's exactly what happened. Oh, Cyclops gets real important. Somebody's got to be courier. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Slam by. Okay, uh, yeah. So anyway, Cyclops leaves Doctor Daryl Tanakis. There's high noon tight music. People on the street cry out and run when they see him. Uh, there okay, was but like why? Why? Like they're like, what the? And you're like, what? He just looks like a normal dude. I, like, yeah. <laughs> is there something like? Did I miss something? I haven't seen people overreact this much to like a random white male in <laughs> <laughs> entering town, maybe ever. Well, I think I think um, like especially when the mutants there are not human looking. But they're like, whoa, watch out for that guy. Yeah, they're like, he looks crazy. <laughs> in, in retro- what does he look? He doesn't even have glasses on. <laughs> in, retrospect, in retrospect, do you think that, like, poor man's David Bowie, like, had threatened all of them beforehand? Like, if anyone comes here... Don't engage them or I'll kill you. No no pleasantries. Uh, it's either that or just like Cyclops is like just forceful walk. I don't yeah. I don't know. I was like, why did they say that? I don't understand what's happening. It's just it's just it's just emanating from him. He's generally disagreeable. Yeah, I mean he's obviously a foreigner, so they're like, we gotta get out of here. And an entitled one. Yeah. 
I also need to point out that a lot of the mutants in this episode, not kind of the the ones who are more prominent, but the mutants who are uh, drawn into this town are mutants that have seen Cyclops before. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was going to touch on that once we saw some of those people. <laughs> yeah, because like, what if that was a, a very a well known Morlock? He's got like a knit beanie and a vest, mm-hmm. and we know we yeah. know him so. Uh-huh. Yes, and there's so anyway, there's an auto repair place. There's a big rock guy uh doing doing auto repair. And uh there's a jolly green giantess. She's not even jo- green. She's not a giantess. She's just jolly green lady. Uh t- but not so jolly, quite no. scared of the like <laughs> nice garden you got there. <gasps> and then she runs away. Plus, like she can see him coming. It's not like he ambushes her, it's just when he approaches that she's like, <gasps> Yeah. Maybe maybe she finds him really attractive. I don't know. You know, she was just like overwhelmed by by his manliness i don't know possible i mean there's another co-host on this podcast drew kunis who definitely crushes hard on cyclops at least physically so i mean i get it sure uh and at that moment evil evil glam dude approaches and i just want to talk about this full body look before we go any further so so much to unpack here really we've got a trench coat over a red and yellow unitard with a star. You know, for subtlety, you want the trench coat to kind of just bring it all down a little bit. Gambit, that's what Gambit does, right? Just, mm-hmm. I, I'm not all magenta breastplate. I'm, uh, I'm also. I'm so much coat. more. Yeah, so much more. He's got also like I don't know the like the red, the red uh like uh underwear shape, and also like the starburst on his chest. Like you're gonna you're gonna see this man coming. Yeah, I just I like that you know without the trench coat, you know that's 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 like a super villain. Mm. But with the trench coat, western western super western villain. villain. Yeah, that's... and so and you know yeah, much more relatable. <laughs> He's also got with him uh, one mutant who's highly recognizable and one mutant who is not recognizable to me at all. So first of all, uh, Mortimer Toynbee, right? Toad. And uh, who we actually know from the movies, although we never get to see the tongue powers. We'll talk about that sure, later. Sure, sure. But he even appears in the opening sequence, right? Oh, Isn't right, he amongst the... Yeah. Amongst the villains, a running. Uh-huh. A running at the X Men, and then we have creepy cowboy guy. <laughs> oh, Chet, Chet. Oh yes. man, I did on, not. And on all of that dialogue in the script, the it says parentheses suspicious <laughs> deliver <laughs> suspiciously. Yeah, and also like a little bit like a snake. Yes. Yes. Do you, yeah, I bet I bet he spoke parcel tongue, right? Yeah, there is a little right. Harry Potter crossover there. Um, one of the things I like about this scene is this is where we find out that even without um, his mutant power of optic beams, uh, Cyclops retains the mutant power of sarcasm. Mm, indeed, <laughs> he does. which he overuses <laughs> in the rest of the episode. He does. That's that's correct. He, he, it's like pillar one volume, pillar two sarcasm. <laughs> Leadership. No lasers. Well, then get ready to get snarked. Snarked hard. Uh, yeah, and so I, I just want to talk real quick about the fact that this guy identifies himself as Bill Braddock, and which 
Okay, of all the names you could have chosen, because Marcus, I know you know, and Carissa just said to catch you up, I know you're not as evident of a comic book reader, the last name Braddock is actually very important in the world of the X-Men. Um, it is uh, the last name of Brian and Betsy Braddock. Uh, Betsy, uh, who later becomes Psylocke, member of the X-Men, and her brother Brian Braddock, Captain Britain. So like, typically Braddock isn't something that you throw around unless you're related to that family in some way. But anyway, this guy is Bill Braddock. Uh, he offers his hand to Cyclops, but Cyclops doesn't shake it, and I actually think that's the right move. I mean, look, Cyclops didn't start off being, like, nice and affable. Why do it now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, and uh, it's, oh, yeah, so Bill Braddock tells Cyclops that we can out of here so you can go to a city hospital um but cyclops is on to them they're just trying to get rid of him and this is when marcus to your point sarcasm gets dripping, real heavy ripping in you, it you have the line there would you like to say it oh no please go ahead i'm not even i can't i i he says prescott hmm the old guy who moved into the chandler place and moved out <laughs> <laughs> I feel every one of his lines yeah. should start off with, oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? So Cyclops gets in his rental Jeep and then, like, goes to the channel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess there's, like, an Enterprise or, like, a Hertz over uh, there. Yeah. And Because this is the other thing. The, the villain plus Toad plus Chet just let him go. They, they just threaten him and let him go. Cyclops uh, goes to the Chandler place. He doesn't even knock. He just walks in, no. and there's green sludge all over the place. Kids love slime. They, yeah. True fact. True fact. Kids love Ew. slime. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Daryl Tanaka's, uh, uh, Cyclops just busts in. All right, Tanaka, I want some answers. What have they done to Dr. Prescott? And Daryl Tanaka's like, you can't help him. No one can. And at that point, Cyclops grabs Daryl Tanaka by his collar and shakes his fist at him. Yeah, this uh, seems unnecessary. Um, yeah. First time we meet him. <laughs> quite helpful. Um, so, uh, again, this doesn't seem to be the guy who's, like, actively keeping things from Cyclops. No. Um, I but, think... uh... I think so. I think Dar he thinks Daryl Tanak is the weak link, though. I think because he picked him up, it's like, oh, like you have like a compassionate bone in your body. I'm going to like lean on it until you help me. Also, he, I think he just knows he can take him. Like, I think that's the problem here. He's just like, well, I didn't really, I couldn't really rough up, um, not David Bowie back there, but mm -hmm. you, you just seem to have a flannel shirt, so I can so, take you. Yeah. There's a collar. There's a good collar there. Uh, yeah. And so, so he then he yells, "Game's over, Doc. What's everybody hiding from? Who shot my plane down?" So then Braddock, Toad, and Chet enter, and they say, uh, "He says he won't tell you because I don't want him to." Then we see Chet uh, dematerialize and rematerialize to restrain Cyclops. We see that Toad, rather than uh, unleashing green stuff out of his mouth, may be too graphic. He just like grows it on his hands and it's used as a binding agent. And uh, poor man's David Bowie says, you should have left when you had the chance, boy, which I think we can all agree is gross. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, this just starts to make less and less sense as the yeah, episode yeah, continues. It's going to get even more. It's just uh, getting weird. It's getting, it's getting weird. even weirder. Yeah, because then they take him to a cave. Because, of course, yeah. where are we going? Of course. A, a cave. A cave. They're keeping Dr. Prescott hostage. And we get a great Cyclops line. You're sick, Braddock. What did he ever do to you? And Cyclops relishes the opportunity to call anything sick. Uh, so that's like his, his old, that's like Cyclops' F-bomb. Uh, yeah, this is where they uh, start talking about um, uh, just how convenient things are. Um, like yeah. the convenience of the fact that that glue or slime that seeps out of Toad's hands apparently puts people into suspended animation because, of course, it would. Because it does, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, very convenient, super lucky. Yeah. Uh, and then Cyclops, <laughs> I don't know why this made me laugh. I've got friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know who says that? People don't have friends. Yeah, I was like protesting too much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cyclops tries to appeal to them as a mutant. They just laugh at him. And then Brian Braddock, or sorry, not Brian, Bill Braddock uses a remote control to lift a nearby wall, revealing a gold mine worked by some really recognizable mutants. We've got Sunder from uh, the Morlocks. We've got Forearm, one of my favorites. We've got Random, a uh, kind of one-off peak 90s member of X Factor, and also uh, a lizard guy. I didn't know who that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's lucky that the uh, that the gold mine has that uh, secret door. Secret door, and like also that he showed him. This is like peak, like snidely whiplash, mustache twirling villain. I shall <laughs> show you my plan. <laughs> Here it is. Look at it. Uh, don't don't stop it <laughs> no, don't stop it just gonna show you so you feel bad uh, it's so it's okay because you're covered in ooze yeah it's fine it's fine uh then we find out that uh bill braddock has um eye blasts of his own and announced that he should be called solar everybody's just uh, nodding surprise. it's like what do we even say about this <laughs> what what is there to say uh okay and, oh yeah, and then Solar unexpectedly tells his goons to throw Cyclops outside. Let him try to get help. Let him beg for it. Like you literally have who you think is your enemy in your cave. You could put him into suspended animation, but instead you're going to throw him out. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, this plan's really coming together. Um, I guess. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this was this was the point where I was like, "Are we going to find out that there are more than just these three mutants mm. who seem to be, you know, one guy running it and two guys that are like, we got your back <laughs> in a town full mm. of mutants mm -hmm. with their powers?" Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, sure, okay. Well, okay. what's also funny is that like random is into it. Like if if you remember that character from the comics, like random is not a team player. Like he's like he is the the physical and metaphorical definition of a loose cannon, and like he's not that guy. I mean, again, you know, most of these background mutants, I don't believe they were written into the show. Well, I think it's a lot of like, oh, let's let's put that guy in there. 
He has no lines, so that's appropriate. Well, according to the, I keep I keep like dropping this like I'm, I'm such a snob. Well, according to the book written by the showrunner, oh. um, oh, yes. that there were a couple of like deep comic books fan book fans who always like said which characters they wanted in the back because they wanted to to use that to to flesh out the world. But random has shown up multiple times, so clearly someone is like love that guy. Yeah, yeah, somebody likes him. So, somebody, some every you know, he's got he's got a mom too. Like yeah. <laughs> not that mothers have to love their babies but you know what i mean like like someone loves sure. random right yeah right. somebody was like i yeah this guy that guy yeah that purple yeah, that we can make an guy. action figure or something who doesn't love that right that cigar champion bandana wearing kind of lobo-esque unfortunately he's the one whose name is the most apropos mm, indeed indeed Random. The only thing would make it better if it was fucking random. Right. Mm, mm. Well, you know, we can't say that on a kid's show, but yeah. When, when Marvel when Marvel gets the equivalent of the black label, that's all it's going to be. There you go. It. There you go. That'll, that's what we'll call him when he appears in Deadpool. There you go. Uh, so Cyclops goes back to, again, God, poor Daryl Tanaka. Right? Man, like, he's just getting it left, right, and center. Like, how can you call yourself a doctor? I know, and then he looked at his hands, and it's like... Why are you looking at your hands? But we're going to find out later. Um, and uh, yeah, we get just a little exposition, which makes sense that Dr. Prescott wanted people to live in peace. They used a little of the gold each year to support the community. And then Solar came along. All right. Uh, Cyclops uh, is like, oh, remember that rock guy mechanic? I'm going to get his help. <laughs> yeah, he's great when he's just like, uh, what would what, you eat? What could I do? I'm just a regular guy with huge spikes coming out of my body. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, and and who has never missed a day at the gym ever since it was invented. Mm-hmm. And when we see But his, what could we do? Right. And when we see his powers in action, he could do a fair amount. And I think and it's real weird. Uh and I'm here for it. But yeah, uh Chet shows up to be all snake like, right? Otis. How's your wife? Name is just Chet. <laughs> um, then Cyclops goes to Plant Lady's door. She closes the door in his face, and Cowboy and Toad laugh at him. And, like everybody closes their doors and turns off their lights. And Cyclops yells, "I don't need help to take care of trash like you." This is yeah. Whoever's writing Cyclops clearly saved a lot of lines. It's like, oh, I can pull out my like extra word file. Um, and, and break them all out here. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Cyclops finds a cliff to look at the moon and think to himself. And the lizard is there also. <laughs> the lizard is back. Yep. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Uh, flashbacks galore. Cyclops decides that powers are not. I'm still an X-Man. They won't take me without a fight. Uh, which is weird because they offered to let him leave, but uh, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. that's cool. The sun rises, and he walks through the center of town high noon style. Mutants look <laughs> down at him from their windows, then hide, um, and that includes, I don't know if you all noticed, the sad bearded mutant uh, and the one warlock with the hat. Sad bearded mutant. Yeah, the ones who easily could have been like, Oh, hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. We're here, too. Yeah. We've met you before in previous episodes. 
Uh, you know what? He can't hear us. <laughs> now, he looks like he knows where he's going, so he yeah, probably doesn't fine. need to see us. This like extremely Midwestern, right, Carissa? I feel I feel yes. like like I was telling people when I moved to New York, like in the Midwest, like if we see people like parked in a no parking zone, we're like, I'm sure they know what they're doing. And then we leave. Yeah. And, then, like, <laughs> and then like in New York, they're like, You can't park there. And it's like, right. yeah. Yeah, like it's a service. Do it. They're like, Don't even think about doing that. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Cyclops faces out with Solar. He says, Braddock, don't do this. My friends will hunt you down to the ends of the earth. And Braddock is like, let them. And then uh, Toad and the Chet attack. Uh, they restrain Toad Cyclops. And, and uh, they come, he, Cyclops comes to in the center of town. And uh, there's a big statue of Solar there. Um and uh, Braddock tries to rav- raise the, what's the word I'm looking for? Rouse the crowd. Uh, That's right. Turning saying, the townspeople against him. Right. By saying that Cyclops was summoned by the traitor Prescott. He's a spy who wants to steal your gold. Uh, he grabs the weird figure out of Cyclops's pocket and tells everyone it's a transmitter. And then- Yeah. I mean, this, that, that sculpture is definitely going to upset some townsfolk because I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Can we, can we talk about... Look what they tried to bring someone as a gift. <laughs> Things remembered. Uh, yeah. But I want to talk about this next line, which is Solar says, fortunately, Watchdog was able to jab his signal, thus confirming that our favorite bulldog man, that his name is, in fact, Watchdog. Yeah, we were... Clearly trying really hard there. Real to real hard. Uh, Cyclops yeah. tries to appeal to the mutants. And there were some really recognizable villains in that crowd. So we had Reaper in there. We had Sinyaka, who actually was missing from the Asteroid M storyline earlier this season. All I remember, so Sinyaka has, he almost has like Omega Red, uh, like a... Like whips, whips, right? They're whips. Thank you. I was going to say tentacles, but that's not quite right. Yeah, he has these whips, and like they're like energy whips. And if you're like you're caught in them, he can like a, make a ball, and you're just like pulped. It's like graphic and gross. And so it was like, oh man, I'm not sure Reaper and Sinyaka are the ones you want to be like. Hey man, help help a man out. <laughs> I just feel like when you're looking at that still of that crowd, which is already more than three people right which is mm. or which mm. which is the antagonist number um look at that crowd i don't think you have to recognize any of those characters to be like i feel like that crowd could take these three guys oh easily and because one of these three guys is just named chad we don't know that he's badass <laughs> right right yeah yeah and if you do know them then you know for sure <laughs> there are many characters here that could easily and, End this. and also should have no bones about ending it as well. It wasn't like they chose like the meekest, like it wasn't like, like Doug Ramsey, right? Like Cypher, like, yeah, I mean, Doug Ramsey is brave, but you don't, he's not going to help you as much in a brawl, right? Uh, yeah. You don't have a bunch of mutants here who just look like Cyclops. You got a bunch of people with sunglasses and different colored skin. You know they're going to throw down. So the the big moment comes. Solar says the time has come for justice. Farewell, interloper. But hey, good news. The mechanic Otis has a little guy that comes out of his back. Yeah. 
just just pops right up and <laughs> it attacks Solar. Like he's that little guy's been in there the whole time. He's just been, yeah. which I also have questions about. Do you think it's like a like a kangaroo thing, like a marsupial? Like he's just in his pocket hanging out. Do you think he has a little house under those scales? I don't know. He's like some kind of like um, n- Russian nesting mutant. Yeah, Russian so, totally like, Russian nesting mutant. But only yeah, but like, like like that guy didn't pop out when Chet saw like how's your wife and kids? You know, mm. like come on, man. But anyway. It's action time. That's right. Now we rumble. Now we rumble. He frees Cyclops. Solar attacks. <clears throat> but then uh, Plant Lady grows a heck of a lot of hedges. Amazing. Those are great powers. Like, I feel like we were led to believe that her powers weren't cool, but they're very cool. Really feels like any one of these mutants could really give Solar a run for his money. Daryl Tanaka, who was looking at his hands because he used them to restore Cyclops' powers. Come on, guys. Oh, a little late, but glad, glad you're glad you're getting there. And Cyclops effectively blasts Chet the Creepy Cowboy. Good stuff. Um, yeah, this one we see Toad manifest the gross green stuff out of his hands. We don't get any... I, I wrote, what kind of Toad is this? Uh, because uh, oftentimes Toad is defined by by his tongue. He can use it uh, as a, what, what, like almost like a grappling hook. Uh, like he yeah. can use it to like whip people. There's like gross mouth stuff. He can like... Also, he it. like jumps around like a Toad. That was kind of the original idea, right? Like he moves... Mm-hmm. Like a toad. Oh, yeah. Not so much like somehow generates slime hmm. to never, so that a, a six year old is never bored. Right. No, fair. And I mean, fortunately, Random's there to blast Toad so that the stuff gets on Toad. Great. Take that, slimy man. Uh, and uh, Cyclops blasts Solar and announces they're not afraid anymore, Solar. You just lost your town. And Plant Lady grabs Solar with her plants. And this was one of my favorite moments because she looks super mischievous. Like she looks at Cyclops like, hee hee, got him. Yeah, I think she definitely has a crush on him. I think for sure. Mm-hmm. No one has approached her in her garden before. I think you're right on that. <laughs> so uh, then here comes Watchdog, who in the meantime has rescued Dr. Prescott, and he salvaged the legit transmitter from Cyclops's plane. He announces, real quick exposition, your friends are on their way. Daryl Tanaka restores Dr. Prescott, and then we get a weird exchange. Cyclops asks, how are you, doctor? And Dr. Prescott says, happy. Yeah, because um, apparently he's just like, well, I'm not going to, I guess it would be too obvious to talk about how he feels about just having been imprisoned. Right. Do you think this is a happy as Dr. Prescott's equivalent of fine? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, he might be affected. Um, he seems mm-hmm. to have a permanent smile on his face. He's a little too chipper. That suspended um, so, animation yeah. might have come with some some right. happy effects. happy meds. Happy meds. Um, oh yeah, good call. Which reminds me, today I got a text from my dad. He's um he uh, has been sick, but as a result, he gets like heavy heavy medications. And he's like Sarah. He's like I'm going to take these meds, put myself on a plane, and come do improv with you. And I'm just like, great man, great. <laughs> That's a good use of that. Good use of that. 
Uh, oh, then things get so weird in this episode. So because Dr. Prescott says that they're basically going to have their own justice in Skull Mesa for Solar. Cyclops is like, oh, we need to turn him into the authorities. And Dr. Prescott's like, no, it's fine. And like, I think we're as kids, we're led to understand that they have a more humane version of justice. But I would be concerned. Yeah. Um this was quite clear that there's a lot more missing from this town than a sense of safety. They have no infrastructure. They have no law enforcement. Yeah, or or right? or Prescott is also the cop. But I feel like he would have mentioned that because he'd be happy to. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um yeah. Yeah, so I think this is I think he's going to get some small town justice. And uh, best best of luck to him. My suspicion is that um, Skull Mesa, mm. right? Is that what? Yeah, that's yeah. What we are. I have a feeling that it's like unincorporated. Oh, very. <laughs> like I don't think there's any mail. I think it's amazing that they have phone service, like um, any water and like. Yeah, like I think there's a lot more problems in this town than the uh, than they're willing to admit. Mm. Mm, yeah, I sort of see also like a like a Shirley Jackson the lottery situation where like they put like <laughs> one name in the hat and it's Solar, and then everybody gets. And to go finally, around. Sarah was able to make a reference <laughs> <laughs> to the lottery, to the lottery in, yeah. the, in the X Men podcast. Thank you. Job done. Thank you, high school literature. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, McK- uh, Otis. The rock mechanic guy, his big self, knocks down the statue of Solar and says that they should put the tiny crystal statue there instead, which doesn't make sense size-wise, but okay, if that's what you all want to do, that's fine. I mean, surely one of those mutants has a power that can make that the size of the former statue. I I feel like somebody's got it covered. All right. But to be fair, wasn't that statue being brought for the doc? for the professor or doc whatever his name was i forget yeah dr prescott so but but this other guy was like how about i suggest what to do with his gift like that that was kind of he co-opted it i don't know otis is just you know and then there's dr prescott like oh yeah that's a great idea thank you can't say no to that He's going to use it as a paperweight on my cop desk, but... I thought I was going to be able to be like, thank you, and then hide it somewhere and only take it out when Cyclops comes back, but now i got to put it in the middle of town. And make it Now it's for everybody. Ugh, now I have to look at this terrible gift all the time. Do you think Otis just got a taste of his power? It's like, I unleash little, little rock dude, and now, now I have a suggestion. I have an idea. (laughs) Now he's empowered. Before, oh, now you're going to try to be useful? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was the emotional abuse, Marcus. It was the emotional abuse that Solar inflicted upon them, you know? It was like, no matter how big and burly they were, they could not... It's true. Not all scars are visible. That's right. Mm. It's true. If there's, if there's a message to this episode, that's... It's that oh. and the fact that ice cream fixes everything speaking yeah, that of- and also the fact that i hate cyclops <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
oh, so loud and yelling the whole episode. The whole episode. But hey, good news. Cyclops is walking off and uh, he and Dr. Prescott uh, are announced that they're going to catch up on old times. And then Dr. Prescott asks, do you still like ice cream? And then they walk off into the sun out. Yeah, the sun out. It's the not day. a sunset. The day. The day. <laughs> they just walk off called? into the afternoon the, sun. Yeah, into the afternoon <laughs> sun. Uh, uh, yay? Question mark. I guess I feel like right. Everybody's like shrugging. I feel like that's kind of the general uh, response to this episode. I'd give this a solid like D plus. Uh, yeah, this was rough. I mean, uh, I will not say that it is my most hated. I mean, least favorite. I mean, most hated episode of X-Men, but luckily I'm already slated to to be a co-star on that episode. So I'll save that <laughs> oh, one. I can't wait. Oh, now uh, I I'll save it for that. But this one was this one was rough. This 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 may be the episode that maybe made the least amount of sense mm. than any episode in like and which is saying something. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think too, yeah, I'm trying to think the last really bad episode I remember was it was like the second Mojo episode where they brought Mojo back, but like for no good reason. Oh, Chris, yes. you were on that one, right? Yes. Yeah, that was bad too. Uh, but yeah, and the next one is actually really interesting. So uh, when when we all get, get back together sometime, we've got the, the Nightcrawler episode and um, also kind of a, a one-off, but honestly dealing with deeper with spirituality than I've ever seen in the Saturday morning cartoon, like about like adults having a spiritual life. Go figure. Yeah. On the other hand, there's this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Less spiritual. Yep. Um, more yelling. More sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, and you, I love, Marcus, that you're like, be in the now, Sarah, be with this episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Leah, let's, let's close up Shep. So, every episode on Gino, we try and give out some awards. Uh, does Does anyone deserve an Oscar this time? I'm giving my I'm giving my award to the lizard. I'm sorry, mm. it was so cute the way it checked on Cyclops. I was like, yes, I'm here for it. And if I had to give out another one, I feel like I feel like Tanaka when he says, you know, Cyclops is like, how can you call yourself a doctor? And he's like, how indeed. <laughs> yep. I only wish he said how indeed while he looked over at his diploma. <laughs> For internal medicine. He's like, oh, you can serve sarcasm. So can I. Oh, I'm sorry. Is an X-Man a job? <laughs> I don't think you can declare that. Yeah, your X on your taxes. Your name, not after. Um, I mean, uh, Carissa, I would uh I would second uh uh, uh Dr. Tanaka. Mm -hmm. Um one, because uh I knew you were gonna go with Lizard and I wouldn't want to take that away from yeah, you. Yeah, um but, um, but Dr. Tanaka, yeah. I just feel I feel bad for him. Like he just like did was like the most helpful person in the episode. Like I got shot in the sky. Here's a ride. I got hurt, doctor. I'm hungry. I didn't even say it. Here's some food. Right. And all and he's, the whole time, Cyclops is like, "What are you really after?" And it's like, "Wow, wow, dude." So I give it up to Doctor Tanaka for like being chill mm. through the whole unpleasantness that is Scott Summers. Yeah, such a, such an adult in the face of of the of the too muchness. 
I agree. I would also, I, yeah, I also support Lizard. I, I might move my, I also agree with Dr. Tanaka. I also think he might be MVP uh, of the episode as well as Watchdog uh, is also MVP. But, um, oh, for, if this were, if this were real Oscars and this is in no way real Oscars, uh, I would, I might, I feel like Chet might get best supporting that like whoever that creepy, creepy guy is, they would be like, oh man, he was a Hollywood heartthrob and then he got all weird. Let's like get Ah, yeah, it would it would like be played by like Adrian Brody or something. Yes, yeah, 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 or like a Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah, or, or Chris, Crispin Glover. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes, all excellent. <laughs> Do we any any other MVPs? I feel like we've kind of covered them. Green Lady was great, and Otis, Green Lady and Green and Otis. I did like great. Green Lady. Yeah, I like to call her <laughs> Alphaba. I, I liked um, Watch Dogs um, just off of a circuit party ensemble. <laughs> right on, right on. Do we? Um, so I give him a wardrobe award, but only because he brought his own mm-hmm. wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's fair. Like we can give ad hoc awards. So best wardrobe, <laughs> best dressed, Watch Dog. It's you. Come collect. Come down to the stage and collect. Um, <laughs> do we even have a favorite line from this episode? I mean, I think for me, uh, it was actually just when Solar introduced himself as Bill Braddock. (laughs) For me, that was just hilarious because it was like, it was really not what you expected from a man dressed like that in a trench coat (laughs) to give this alliterative name (laughs) that would just be, that's supposed to be regular. Yeah, Bill Bill Braddock sounds like like a used car salesman though, like to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was the the great way to like, I'm going to introduce myself and be intimidating, but I'm not going to use that cool villain name. I'm going to use my real name, <laughs> Bill Braddock. Whoa, Braddock. <laughs> I also, I just want to point out here that, that no one ever calls out that Toad dresses like he's at medieval times at all times. Yes. For yes. sure. For sure. For sure. I don't know why that crossed my mind, but I'm like, no one, I feel like, cause he was one of the first villains in, in Uncanny X-Men. He's been around for like 60 or more years that everybody's like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> I guess when everybody's like, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of you. So I'm not going to be like, but you should dress better. Right. No. No, nobody's. Ever. I guess it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, Bill Bill Braddock's introduction counts as best line in this episode, and I think I think that's that. Friends, thank you so much for being a part of Gino for this. Uh, uh, the, I was gonna, I don't even have a descriptor for this episode. For this episode, secrets, comma not long buried. Uh, and uh, Marcus, if people if people want to find out more more about you on the interwebs, how could they find you? Um, well, they can find out how, um, unactive or inactive I am on, uh, Instagram by checking me out at, uh, uh, Mr. Underscore Body, B-O-D-D-Y. Mm. Um, or you can just, I don't know, listen to this podcast. I'll be back or Yeah, something. you will. Awesome. Awesome. Stay tuned. And Chris, if folks wanted to find you, where could they do that? Um, they can find me at my website, Carissa, C-H-A-R-I-S-S-A dot N-Y-C. Chris is an amazing singer. 
uh, and you should <laughs> guys. They, both these people are amazing. Hire both of them for each of yeah. their talents. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See. Oh, see, you're good at that. Uh, you can find uh, me, Sarah Busek, at sarahbusek.com. You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Gene No, with four O's. We will see you and hear you next time. Gene No! An X-Men The Animated Series podcast. 